All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the S3 Magazine Podcast. I am Wooly, and that dude over there in the Never Lift shirt is Mike Sanders. And today, uh, we're going to talk about some idea that Mike just hit me with. We hadn't, like, rehearsed any of this. Not that we ever do, but um, he was getting all frustrated today and texting me this idea. And basically, the topic is COVID. Uh, the excuse is no longer freaking valid. Yet the damage is done. It has changed our world. It has changed our country. It has changed our work ethic. And specifically regarding S3, it's changed the automotive industry uh, a lot. Will we ever get back to normal, what normal was before this pandemic? Um, I'm assuming something sparked this. What what grinded your gears today and made you get all pissy about that? Have you noticed that just every everywhere you go now, whether it's to go get a burrito or to go to a hotel or, or whatever you're doing on a day to day basis, whenever you're going to give money to a business, that it is always, always the B squad working nowadays like the A squad doesn't exist anymore. You used to be like, man, hopefully I get the A squad. Sometimes you get the B. Now, like it's best case scenario, you still get the shit birds. And then you get the absolute morons after that. And it's just because our workforce has just been decimated. And it's all because of COVID. Because when COVID happened, half the freaking workforce left, more than half. They went and they all started working from home. Uh, a lot of people were just straight up out of a job. They found other things to do. They didn't come back to the workforce. Stuff got delayed, and it was just always the excuse. I, a lot of you guys may not know this. I work another job. I'm a national sales manager for a machinery company, um, and so I deal with a lot of importing and exporting of containers and stuff coming over and machines being built and other countries. I do a lot of stuff like that, okay? So it was just the common excuse. You knew that every time you asked, hey man, what's the status of this machine? What's the status of this order? When, when is this container gonna be here? It was just the constant kicking the can down the road of, ah, you know, COVID, which basically meant, I don't know, stop asking me. It's a month later than what you think it's gonna be, so I'm not even gonna tell you the answer. And that was acceptable during COVID. It's not freaking acceptable anymore, all right? Everybody has quote unquote gone back to work they really haven't. Uh, and the people that have are just not freaking working very hard. Like it is it is impossible to get good help nowadays. Uh, people are just making stupid mistakes constantly. Everything is delayed. Everything is more expensive. Every freaking freight shipment I send is damaged because some moron with a forklift is destroying it. The automotive industry is totally fucked, you know, and, and they do it all. Let's get into the political side of it, too. On top of everything being late and just screwed up. We've just been, as a society, used to having a boot on our neck now. But it's okay. Stay at home. We'll give you some money. And in the process, we're going to take away all your rights and tell you what you can and can't do anymore. It's for your own safety. Well, that cat's out of the bag. That's not going to go back in anytime soon. That's just the way life is now because COVID lasted for so damn long. We've all got this crap mentality that it is the way that it is now. Uh, and that sucks because it's really, really freaking hard to get any work done nowadays, and it shouldn't be like that. Life should be back to normal. We should be pumping and churning along, churning along again, and we're just not. So 
what got up my ass today about this is just a bunch of people kind of trying to still use that COVID excuse as to why they were not doing their job and getting things done and moving along the way that they should, or the way that I think that they should, and just still making mistakes. And it was typical of, Meh. yeah, it's just this is what happens, man. That's ah, COVID, COVID. That excuse, in my opinion, is done. It's over, you know? COVID I, is, is still a thing. I get that. But it's not really a thing anymore. Can we all agree on that? It's not really this life-changing, life-or-death, terrifying thing anymore. It's time to go back to work, everyone. It's time to not just go back to work, but become good at something again. Like, God damn it. I swear, I don't know if it's just a new breed of people in the workforce or if everybody went home and forgot how to use their brains and their hands and came back and they're like, shit, what are these things? And nothing works anymore. Holy yeah. crap. I feel like I'm droning on. You talk about it a little bit, man. I mean... I'm just going off the cuff, but I feel like it broke, COVID broke the rhythm of what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. There was a way that the world worked, and and that's just the way it was. And if you weren't capable, you kind of just got left. You know what I mean? And and that we, the, we didn't take fucking excuses. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the way the world worked. But this is kind of the equivalent of like a class bombs a test. So the teacher goes, it's okay. It's okay. We'll just go ahead and, and put, we won't count that one. And then that happens a couple of times. And pretty soon it's almost like a case study, like a psychological study, like how it changes mentalities and how quickly the capable performers in this country and in this world will stoop down to the level of the incapable. We kind of, it was, it was like a whole lowering of the bar thing. And I remember you and me talking about this very, very early in COVID, like, where is this going to go? Like, how long can we not work? This isn't going to last for long. At mm -hmm. some point, the capable people are going to have to go out and take the risk that we can't have a, a world stop. But we did have that. We had the world stop. And it was the death of our print magazine through all the shit that we fought with S3 print and, and overcame and struggled through. It was ultimately our printer that put us out of business. Like yeah. the irony there is ridiculous. And the reason it happened is because our particular printer, there was no fight in him. He didn't fight. I got another point I'll make after this. Like, he, it, it was very much like, hey, guys, we need to get out ahead of this because there's no paper and your costs are going to be a lot more and you're going to have to buy paper for probably multiple issues at a time. But we can't freaking do that. And that's that leads to my second point. Before COVID, there was still a thing where the customer was always right and where businesses worked uh, for the customer. And all that's changed now. You're talking about the B team, man. You, it doesn't, you don't have to go far. Just go to your local freaking Chipotle and, and you will notice very quickly that they don't, it's not about the customer anymore. Look at Disney. Like they are not catering to their customer. Disney was always expensive, but like they went above and beyond in what they delivered, right? And now it's just like, hey, you're lucky to be able to come here. Here's our rules. 
and you know don't really bother us just give us your fucking money and don't talk to us and everything's online now and uh yeah you know and then they get their little hair wet. you know it's just it, it the whole world has lost its damn marbles dude and and i think that there's there's certain things that they're trying to push through as part of covid <laughs> what's up i just noticed that my my um, nephew was here over the weekend and his toys and shit are just everywhere. And I oh, just yeah. my camera. Keep going. <laughs> it's a bad life. Um, I feel like there's other things they're, they're trying to push through, which might be off topic. Uh, you know, but like this whole cashless society and stuff like that, it's all kind of, they're using COVID. Oh, you know, well, there's a coin shortage. Well, the no, there's not. No, there's not. And then they're like, well, you know, it's not sanitary to exchange money. Yeah, it is. And it's the best way to do business. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it's, I, again, I use the Chipotle stupid ass reference because I went into a Chipotle, which, you know, I love, <laughs> like, like that, that's my jam, you know, like that kind of a place and uh, went in there and ordered something and they were like, oh, uh, we're not taking cash. And I was like, all right, well, I don't use cards, <laughs> you know, and they're like, uh, like you don't have a card that you could use. And I was like, nope. I use cash, which is backed by the fucking government. You know, I mean? and, and they were just like, uh, I guess here you go. Just take it. I'm like, are you freaking serious? Like, it, the, everything is, it, it's like you said, the excuse ain't working anymore. Like, we need to get back to some human interaction here. Uh, it's making... It's making a generation that was already weird, weirder, to be honest. Uh, it's fucking up our kids because our kids are kind of that COVID generation kids, man. Like my daughter's nine. So for a significant part of her life now, she's dealt with it. She sees humans as a threat to her health in a way. I mean, she does it because we don't raise her like that. But there's a lot of I, you go into Metro Atlanta and there are a lot of people that do, you know, distance yourself, distance yourself from people. That ain't healthy. And we're going to we're going to pay the price for this after well after me and you are gone if we don't nip it in the bud now. You know what I mean? Like you you just can't when we have technology coming in the way that it is and and kind of wrecking natural <laughs> social, you know, interactions and stuff like that. We already have a problem. We're already becoming too attached to a screen and and not conversing with each other. You know what I mean? You see it all the time. You go to a restaurant, whole family's on tablets. I'm I'm guilty of that kind of stuff. So when you add the threat of health to that, man, it's gonna make people freaking weird. You know, and not to mention the going the political tinfoil, whatever conspiracy theory, which by the way, all these theories are turning out to be pretty damn legit. Like it's taught nations how to control people for your safety. And when people go, oh, oh yeah, we better listen. We better comply. Uh, all it takes is one, you know, dick to use that for bad. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you can control a nation. I mean, literally, we, we gave you the playbook on how to control an entire freaking world and get them to do what you say. Uh, I think that this nation needs to kind of find their balls a little bit and and not be so scared of everything that they tell us to be scared of because it's always freaking something yeah what's that old saying um idle hands are the devil's playthings or something like that i don't know it seems fitting here because 
I feel like when everybody got sent home, when COVID officially became the big new scary thing, everybody got sent home and the people in charge who had all the power had a lot of time to sit there and figure out how to deal with this and how to fix it. And obviously they didn't. So they spent all that time figuring out how they could take advantage of it. And now you got media companies that have figured out that, well, our best way to get views and control people is the same thing. So it's great. It's fear. It's fear. Scare the hell out of them to get them to click, 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 click. So we can get all that ad money and you can control them all at the same time. At the same time, all the extremely rich people figured out how to get more rich off of this because we're sitting at home just being happy to collect a little bit of stimulus checks so we can keep paying our rent and keep going. Uh, and they're just figuring out, uh, I'm like, like a, it's the most ridiculous shit ever. There's a reason that all these get rich quick schemes work so well from when the pandemic started until now. Let me just give you guys a hint. If you see an influencer like pumping something up and telling you how great it's going to be and how rare it is and how it's a once in a lifetime op opportunity, dude, that is a penny stock sales pitch. If I've ever heard it in my life, what they're selling you is worthless unless you buy it. Okay. They're going to use your money. They're going to get rich off of it. And they're going to go, oh, dang, it didn't work. Don't mind if you'll, you know, just fuck off. Sorry about that. We'll get you next time. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's all the same bullshit. And by the way, that's what's replaced good traditional, you know, independent journalism and media is that type of crap right there. There mm -hmm. are certain people I have in mind when I'm saying this. I'm not going to name any names. If you guys pay attention to social media, you probably know some of the people I'm talking about. But they did that type of crap. And those people got insanely wealthy because they figured out on top of getting all this ad revenue. Hmm. How can we get really, really, really rich? We'll do it the same way that the OnlyFans chicks do. We'll just get a little bit of money from a lot of people. We'll talk about something like Bitcoin and crypto that's so far over everybody's head. doesn't make any damn sense. But we talk about it so fast, like it's, a, it's an offer that's leaving. It's leaving your fingertips as I'm, yeah. as I'm saying this, that they can't miss out. They got FOMO, the fear of missing out. And so they just throw the money. They just throw the credit card right at you. And it's a good way for people like that to get rich quick. It's, again, using fear, playing on your fear of being left out, not being rich, being the last one left at the party. Oh, my God, dude, it just drives me insane. I've yeah. seen so many people taking advantage of people because of stuff like COVID, because COVID just made us freaking even more of a lazy, materialistic society than we already were. It drives me freaking nuts. Yeah. You were talking about idle hands and kind of reference to the government and how they can manipulate stuff, but idle hands in reference to the entire world that's stuck at home. Bored, idle. You get online, you start reading things you don't need to read and thinking things you don't need to think and getting divided on stupid things. And it's just not good for society. The risk of going out and getting sick is safer for humanity than the risk of staying in and just getting weird to the point where we destroy ourselves socially and then ultimately it's um it's stupid and 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 with the bitcoin stuff and all that i mean dude, they're selling nothing and never make a purchase based on the fear of loss like that's the dumbest you know what i mean that's the dumbest reason to hurry up and purchase something because you're scared it's going to go away mm -hmm. um my wife's in real estate and she always says that because she deals you know, people are scared that the house is going to go away or whatever. And don't make a purchase based on the fear of, of loss. You know what I mean? Make sure you're making the right purchase. <clears throat> so anyway, 
Uh, yeah, COVID's a bitch, and it's turned us into bitches. Uh, but how does that affect, like, the, you know, this is an automotive site or whatever. Like, how does it affect the automotive industry and the automotive aftermarket? I think that the beatdown of COVID and the promise of money from the government is one of the main reasons why it's been so easy for the automotive industry to just become the absolute sold out shit show that it is right now. Because when people aren't working and you're not producing cars and you're not selling cars because the dealerships aren't open and people aren't working so people aren't buying cars and everything's rare and hard to get, like that's not how manufacturing facilities work. So if you think of Ford as a manufacturing facility, everything is stacked against them. So something like EV comes along and they're like, hey, get you some government subsidies. You got to start making EVs. We'll pass some laws that basically tells people by 2035, all new vehicles will have to be EVs. Let's get this thing jump started. Let's start doing it. In fact, let's just ram it down people's throat. And whenever something like COVID is happening and you're not doing your other job, it's kind of easy to jump onto that train, you know, because you're like, shit, making and selling cars anyway so now you got this whole ev thing happening and a lot of it happened because of the situation of COVID. it was just so easy for them to slide in and do it yeah um, i mean again it goes back to me saying pre-covid the customer was always right that's the way that this country works it's 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 goods and services for the customer ford gm dodge they sold cars that their customers wanted but covid and ev and all this kind of being thrown in at the same time that's not the way it is anymore is it they're making cars that a large percentage of america does not want definitely a, a considerable part you know and they're ignoring those people and basically saying get on board or get left behind you know and a neanderthal or whatever it is like that's horseshit. The customer is right, and the customer is usually knows what's best for their life. Um, and and on, look at the markups. Look at dealership markups. Like that was not a thing before COVID. Like these greedy little markups. It's an excuse because of production and inventory. That like, come on, get it together. You guys are some of the biggest companies in the in the world get it together like you can get your your they're, they're dragging this out it has changed the way they do business mary barra and jim farley mary barra is the ceo of gm jim farley is the ceo of ford have both come out and said we're changing our business model we used to make a lot of cars so that the dealerships would have a lot of choices for our customers but now we're scaling that back and we're going to keep our production just under demand because we found out that we can get a premium for you from you guys so why would we make more than we have to to i don't know do right by you the customer no 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 we've got the leverage now you know and it's the whole attitude has changed the smugness of the fact that they're not even hiding those kind of shitty intentions that drives me crazy <clears throat> sorry and i think when it comes to cars and the aftermarket and the enthusiast cars, the ones that we want, I think enthusiasts are getting so damn tired at this point of these cars coming out, but never actually coming out. No, we're gonna make a, now it's the, the what is it? The Demon 7, what, you know, the, the 
1200 horsepower demon that they're saying, oh, it's going to be $100,000 and it's going to make 1200 and run eight. Bullshit. It's not going to be $100,000. You'll never see one under 200,000. They're going to, you know, it, it's just people are tired of the games, man. You can only cry wolf for so long before people go, fuck you. And with the Type R and the Zs and, and the Z06 and all of these cars that are coming out, but they're not actually coming out. I think people are freaking over it. And I think you're going to see people go to the cars that are already here. I think the price of these cars are too damn high. And I think getting the car is too damn hard. And you get to a point where you're like, I'm feeling impulsive. I want a car now. I can't get the Type R. I can't get the Z. I can't get a manual Supra. I can't get a Z06. Fuck it. I'm just going to go buy a C7. I'm just going to go buy, you know, whatever, a truck and not even care. I'm just going to go buy a GT350 that's out. I can go find them and be in a dealership today talking about it. You know, and, and I think they don't realize it yet, but they are effing up car culture really bad. I think that like the, the whole aftermarket is just going to shift and ignore this shit. You know, like it's just it's gotten to where it's not even fun. It's not fun to get bent over to get a car that excites you. You know, it's just. By the way, this, this is exactly what kills fun cars is they do exactly what you're talking about. They don't make enough of them. They put them out there. They get the insane markups. They sit on the lots for too long. Nobody buys the damn things. And then they look back and go, man. I guess that car was a failure. Sales numbers weren't high enough, but you did literally everything wrong. Let's not even mention the fact that they only go eight tenths of the way and they don't give you the car all the way that you want. I mean, like the Supra is a perfect example of that. Phenomenal car, uh, automatic only transmission. How are you going to do that with a Supra? Like anybody who's a true car enthusiast that really loved like the Mark III and the Mark IV Supras would not even be remotely serious about buying that for a couple of reasons. No no target top, no manual transmission, then it's basically a BMW. But still, think about how many more people would have bought that car if it was priced accordingly and had what we actually wanted. But then they don't do it. The sales numbers are low. After a couple of years, they go, mm, we got to cut this thing. And then that's how you end up with a bunch of boring white and beige and silver ovals running around on the road. That That's what happens. That's how you kill fun. Yeah. I mean, we're there. Like that's how yeah. they killed fun. There's a couple stragglers left, but good luck getting them. It's just, it shouldn't be difficult to buy a car that you want. <laughs> like that shouldn't be, shouldn't yeah. be a headache. It should be. We're not talking about Enzos here. We're talking about you know everyday dudes, sports cars or whatever. Yeah. Um, but again. The mentality of serving the customer has changed. It's more like, hey, you know, you should be worshiping us for letting you buy this car. Not, hey, we value you as a customer and thank you so much for supporting like these passionate, cool things that we're doing. You know, like it's it, the whole thing's flipped upside down. And I mean, at the end of the day, the only way you can combat this stuff is with your wallet. You don't support it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know how bad my family wants to go to Disney. We just went to Universal, <clears throat> but we didn't go to Disney. And that that was intentional. That was a fuck you. 
to Disney. I don't like the way you're doing business. We're going to go right to your town and then go to Universal. You know, and if enough people start voting with their wallet like that, the CEOs will either get the hint or they'll get kicked the fuck out. You know, mm-hmm. one of the two has got to happen. We uh, uh, Tolerating this crap is, it's, I, I don't get it. I don't understand how, how we're even remotely tolerating this shit. We shouldn't be, and you're absolutely right. The best way to to get started on this is to vote with your wallet. And just absolutely do not financially support the things that you don't agree with uh, and you don't like. If anything is subpar, I mean, think about buying a car like going to an ice cream shop. If you went in there and the only flavors they had were pistachio and, I don't know, something else terrible, uh, you probably just wouldn't buy the ice cream, right? You probably just wouldn't buy it. You'd be like, ah, catch you next time. I need chocolate or vanilla. Um, but they don't have it. So you just leave, you know, yeah. and that place would eventually go out of business and either ice cream would no longer be a thing anymore or else somebody else would come in and be like, we've got all the chocolate you could possibly want because that's the way capitalism works. But no one seems to be stepping up and pulling their balls out and doing the right thing right now. Going back to what you were talking about before, I miss the days when engineers designed cool shit because it was innovative and it was cool. And they were just trying to make everything better. Now it's just about not necessarily better. It's about safety and efficiency. And it's 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 coming up with it's creating some of the worst products I've ever seen in my life. I yeah, mean, the whole there's two things that we're dealing with right now. It's safety and it's the environment. And those two things have been leveraged and they've used it to lie to people. And it's just eating everybody's fucking brains. It's turned them into absolute zombie idiots and, and it's controlling the market. And you're absolutely right. Like that, not, I'm not discarding safety or the environment. I'm saying they're lying to you. They're trying to sell you something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, just don't be an idiot, man. They're blowing this thing out of proportion so they can suck their own ass or whatever they're doing and they can try and sell this stuff to idiots it's like you're absolutely right like companies should be innovate i don't know if they should it's just at least when we were kids the innovation was coming from a place of excitement and fun that's what they wanted to create and that's what people wanted to buy and somehow they've fucking drugged us all into thinking that everything has to be safe and good for the environment. Again, it should absolutely be a consideration, but I get to, to, it's just, it's such a weird place that they can make absolute shit. They can make it boring. They can make it monotonous. They can make it overpriced and they can make it with a short Mm -hmm lifespan or shelf life it'll be obsolete fast but if they can sell you on the fact that it's safe or that it's good for the environment then somehow that's what's driving the entire market again just like people need to be stop being so scared about corona stop being so freaking scared about everything like all new cars are pretty safe like <laughs> you know what i mean they've gotten this figured out like i just they're losing their marbles and it will never stop. Hang on. <coughs> the, if, if the environment is your leverage, it'll never stop. Okay, le- EVs, I mean, that's bad for the environment too. The production methods are 
awful and they're toxic as fuck when they get made. So maybe we shouldn't have cars. We should just walk everywhere. Okay, mm -hmm. well, you better not be walking on a pair of Nikes or shoes because those things use rubber and they're made in sweatshops overseas and all this stuff. You just, there's no end to the environment. Your existence on this planet is bad for the environment. You know what I mean? It, it, mm -hmm. You interact with the environment and everything you do. And, and so <clears throat> that whole, it's a witch hunt. It's a freaking witch hunt and it will never end if it's safety or the environment. And right now they got us by the balls because everything is safety for your safety or for the environment. And it's paralyzed us like that. You can't, there, you can't argue that, you know what I mean? Like it's just paralyzing. It, it's paralyzed the automotive industry and many, and it'll just go down the line. What is next? I 100% agree. And one of the things that upsets me the most is that the automotive industry is, is has basically just been ripped from the hands of the people who are true automotive professionals and knowledgeable people. And it's literally just been given to the bureaucrats. And the automotive aftermarket industry is just getting run the hell over and can't seem to, they don't even know which way is up right now. They, they, they're basically just destined to just lay back and say, take me, I guess we're done here. And we'll just kind of quietly go away in the next couple of years. It is time for everybody. We got to get back to that American spirit, that blue collar, roll your sleeves up and let's go get some goddamn work done. All you young young bucks out there listening, I don't know if you guys know this, but you see all these amazing automotive aftermarket companies out there. And a lot of you guys probably think that they just popped up out of nowhere because somebody had a great idea one time and they just started making parts. No, not at all. You want to know how most of these companies started? just testing shit, just testing theories at the racetrack. A lot of these companies were started by guys and girls who were just tuners. No matter what kind of car they had, they were just taking their vehicle to the track and trying new things, making little makeshift parts, different hoses here and there. Let's just try, let's machine something, put something together, different tire sizes, lightweight, whatever. They were just trying things. And whenever something worked, they said, damn, that worked. Let's perfect it. Oh my God, that works so well. Somebody else, my buddy Bob wants me to do it for his car. And then I got to do it for Troy's car and then Rebecca's. And then boom, next thing you know, we've made a company out of it. That's how it happened though, is somebody going out there with a lot of heart and a lot of soul and a little bit of knowledge and the, and the will and determination to just go and try things and bash their head against the wall until they freaking get it right. And then bam, you got a company and you have an amazing story and you had an awesome adventure in the process. That's not happening anymore. Everybody just wants to sit behind their computer and come up with the next big idea, do a little bit of trading and boom, we're rich. That's well, not, that's not real life. That what you're describing is innovation, natural innovation in a free country. But what happens in the automotive industry when you have, you know, the government's boot around your freaking neck, you can't do that stuff. The government is <clears throat> making it impossible to go out to a track day, have fun and innovate things and create a business around it, doing what it's the American dream. You know what I mean? Like they're making it hard to go after that because of the environment or whatever it is. They're killing the American dream. They're killing Amer or innovation in America. So what you get are what the people innovating things that are green, that are often not, that they know they can go get government grants if they say the right things. And it's 
twisting real natural innovation by the people for the people into schemes. You know what I mean? And, and it's it's absolute horseshit. The innovation in this automotive aftermarket is dying out because people don't want to take the fucking risk because it's going to get shut down by our government. Now, what kind of freedom is that? Yeah, man, can't agree more. I mean, you know how I feel about this subject. It's just, I feel like we're in, I feel like we were in an uphill battle and now we've lost and it's just kind of like time to lay down and die. I, I wish that weren't the truth, but it seems like no one else in our industry, except for me and you wants to pipe up and talk about this. And the fact is, we what power do we have now? Like like this is our platform and that's cool and we can talk to our audience and kind of build a little bit of a you know makeshift army or whatever. But what are we going to do about it? I don't have any friends in politics. I don't have millions of dollars to go throw around here and play with these big boys. The fact is the industry is going to do what the industry is going to do, and the only people that seem to be even trying to protect this industry, <laughs> trying is SEMA, and they're just not doing a phenomenal job. Let's be honest about that. So. No one's talking for us, man. No one's helping. And we are absolutely going to get freaking wiped out unless the next crop, the young people who are passionate about this shit, decide to freaking roll up their sleeves, zip up their man suit, and yeah. do something about this shit. If you like this, if you love this life that we have and this freedom that we have to modify and play with cars and have fun and be freaking cool and have friends, you better go damn fight for it, because it's the only way we're going to keep it. Yeah, SEMA does a lot of things well, but I think it's pretty clear that they're not the ones to lead this fight. They're they're just they're just not. They're not doing it. Um, it's like you said, this fight has to come <clears throat> from the from the from the citizens, from the enthusiasts, and be so loud that the corporations have to listen to it. That the Fords and the GMs ultimately have to go to the government and say, I can't play ball with this. You know, this is not what our customers want. You gonna bail us out again? Because we're going to fail because our customers don't want, you're pushing something. You, the government are out of touch with the people, you know, and, and right now the people are disorganized. They don't, our, our news is all fake. It's all bullshit. It's easy to manipulate people, even smart people, especially dumb people with, with different news and things like that. And so, the people, the citizens are at a real disadvantage. We're unorganized. They're very organized. Um, so, and it's bigger than cars. Like it's so much bigger than cars. It, it, cars are an example and car culture is an example of how uh, this shift is destroying us. But like, man, it, it's destroying the mentality of what could be like i said it's the american dream and you start talking about stuff like that and it sounds dramatic and everything but like that's always been alive until now and it is in question people are starting to lose that hell yeah anything's possible we can you know like you're starting to be like uh you know just just obey and fall in line and that's not how this is supposed to be it, even if you hate cars and you love evs is that how you want your kids to live in the world and see the world? Like, is that, do you want to put ceilings on them because of their safety and their environment? Like, come on. At some point, we have to realize that this is a crock of shit. It's a really good point. Because growing up, I truly believed my parents when they said, Mike, when you grow up, you can be anything 
that you want to be. They believed it. They believed it when they told it. Do you believe it it now when you tell your kid that? Like, there has been a change. No, man. I just look at my kids and I say, damn, man, I hope that I somehow make it big enough in my lifetime where I can pass down to you so that life is easier on you. And I know that's not the greatest thing to say in the world as a parent, but I just see, I mean, even right now, like my boys are young, but I just see life being a lot harder on them than it was on me. The automation is going to take jobs. Automation is going to steal a lot of jobs, guys. Um, And the fun from life, that visceral experience of just being out there and experiencing and touching and feeling and just all the senses, the crazy shit me and you used to get into and just have these amazing stories that live on for decades, like, that stuff just doesn't happen anymore, man. People just is, sit behind their screen, and that is their life. They sit there and they watch other people live. They watch other people play video games. Other kids open toys. It's. It, uh, I'm, I'm so sad watching my boys, and I try to limit most of their technology. But it, inevitably, when it happens, I see the stuff that they're drawn to, and I'm like, that's such bullshit. Cooper, put that down. That's such bullshit. Go get your but, baseball glove. Here's the thing, like the automation and the the devices and the screens and the apps and the whatever, Apple Pays and all that, like that's their reality. And and if me and you and people listen to this that are of adult fighting age right now, if we don't instill that into them and if we don't make them realize what the real world is, That'll be lost. That'll be lost in a couple of generations. We'll be gone. You guys listening will be gone. And all they will know is a fucking digital simulated world. Like, that's what I mean. This is bigger than cars. It is absolutely... Humanity's never been in a place like this, dude. It is... This shit is moving so fast with these freaking AI and robots and all this shit that I don't understand... We have the ability to freaking not make it out of this century. You know what I mean? Like for for hundreds of thousands of years, humans didn't have the ability to destroy themselves. It wasn't in their hands. For the last 120 years, we've had it. Mm -hmm. And man, it's getting scary now. And nobody thinks, you know, that can't happen. But fuck it, it can't. Like we're we're getting in dangerous waters. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, but every once in a while, I do see like a news article or something that makes me think that, oh, maybe we are making a few correct decisions. I just saw one yesterday um, that was all about how uh, what's Mark Zuckerberg doing with this metaverse and what has happened. You know, a couple of years ago, I was really worried about that. I thought it was going to be like that freaking movie uh, Ready Player One, where you literally, you know, your kids wake up and they throw on their little VR headset and they play video games all day or else they digitally go to school with their little VR headsets and we put the things on and we go to quote unquote work. You know, you sit there and type on a keyboard that's not really there and you send emails that aren't really there and and everything is just like make make believe it's all pretend. Um, I was really worried about something like that happening. So I was really relieved to hear that metaverse is not doing well and it's just kind of an empty hellhole that nothing is there. Um, so Zuck, sorry you sunk a bunch of money into that, but I'm really glad it didn't work out. Hopefully you abandoned that project because it was not good for humanity. I mean, I think the answer to this thing, the only way to fight it is human interaction, man. But like, we're everybody's so 
separated and divided right now online or in the news or, you know, but like in reality, that's not the reality. So like you need to get out there more, you know, socialize more. And then you realize that all this bullshit <coughs> is actually bullshit and isn't that attractive. But when you're so stuck in your little 13 inch world right here on your screen, that becomes your reality, man. It becomes apparently more appealing to you. I don't know. I don't know. And I know this podcast has gone deep, but I feel like it's been all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, me and my wife, every year around her birthday, we take a trip to a cold place to go do some snowboarding and just have some fun. And this year we decided to go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, I don't know if anybody here has ever been there. I definitely recommend it. It's an amazing place, but it is off the grid. There's not much internet connection there. Um, and we went during the snowy season. So there really weren't a bunch of people. Honestly, we kind of had the town to ourselves. Yeah. And it was so nice to just kind of unplug and not be like, I didn't even want to look at my phone. I kind of just left it in the room most of the time, other than just taking some pictures of some amazing scenery while we were there. But anybody out there who's listening to this, who feels like, you know, think about it. Do I spend too much time on my phone or at work or in front of a computer or just too much digital time and not enough time living? Go find your Jackson Hole, man. Go find just a cool place you've never been to before that has amazing landscapes. Go with a person you care about and just have fun. Like, don't. You don't even, you don't even have to. It doesn't have to be Jackson Hole or Hawaii or anything like that, dude. Like, for me, that is mountain bikes. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just go outside. Jesus. Like, you know what I mean? Instead of buying whatever the hell stupid shit VR thing you're going to buy, go buy a bike and go ride it and go outside and you'll be amazed at just the perspective that that time gives you, not to mention exercise. Um, go get a damn jet ski, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's stuff that stuff changes everything it's just go outside <laughs> damn mm. that's the the whole thing just go outside and live in the real world and you'll actually realize that some things are pretty rad and that there's not a screen attached to them so funny man as soon as we got back you know we flew into hartsfield jackson atlanta and as soon as we get out of the airport we go and immediately get cut off by some idiot who can't mm -hmm. drive and then get stuck in traffic and I start getting just pissed and my wife is looking at me like, oh, God, Mike, calm down. And I immediately like my only thought was cities are stupid. Yeah. Cities are a bad clusterfuck of an idea. Yeah. You do cities, cities are fun when you're young and stupid. When you get yeah. to be like middle age, 30s and 40s, like they are a weight on your damn shoulders that you just cannot get rid of. dude. They are. You know what I mean? Like. They're awful. It's like you said, you go out west or out somewhere where nobody is, and it is a different freaking feeling. I think a lot of people don't realize that. The 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 heaviness, the stress, the distaste, the anger, a lot of that comes from cities, from being too stuck. You know, like there's just too many people, too many irritations. You can't move. It's just you're an animal stuck in a damn cage, dude. Yeah. Um, that's why I why we're so divided because we're too damn close to each other. Yeah, we're just pissed off. We're just fucking pissed off. And then you got the news and the government just poking at us. 
hey, you know why you're pissed off? It's those guys. It's not your <laughs> fault. Them. You know, like you mad at your situation? It's them. Yeah, it's just it's stupid, man. Anyway, <clears throat> um, thanks for listening. Hope he didn't depress you too much. Is there a light at the end of this tunnel? Maybe yeah. not. <laughs> sure, man. It's oh, not so much a light at the end of the tunnel. It's more of a, a poke that you guys need to get your shit together and start working right. harder. And let's... That's what I mean. Like, if it's cars, go work on your damn car. You know, if it's bikes, go ride a damn bike. You know, like, just find your, your outlet, whatever that is that gives you peace and and do that and make it do it enough to where it becomes a part of you and it's bigger than all this stuff fighting you you know what i mean so that you can overcome that shit so that you can keep your perspective and keep your true north so to speak so that when the government and 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 pandemics and all this stuff throws this shit at you you don't succumb to it yeah exactly i mean sometimes it's like you said i feel like we're the only ones and that makes us question ourselves a lot. Man, are we saying the right things? Yes. I, it's not my fault we're the only ones saying it. Or at least I'm sure there's other people saying it too. And they're not getting hurt either because we're not saying what should be said right now. We're not saying what the algorithm's like. You know what I mean? And, and but, but damn it. Yeah. I guess that's my advice, man. Find something that you enjoy, whatever that is, and do it enough to where it builds you up stronger than whatever the hell's trying to tear you down. Yeah. So I guess to put a neat little bow on this thing, I would just say COVID sucked, but it's over. Get the hell back to work. Get back to being happy again. Get off your phone. Get off your computer. Go and do physical things and have fun. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, if if you stumbled on this somewhere and you're not familiar with us, we're S3 Magazine. We have an app. It's free. It's called S3 Magazine. Uh, it's got a lot of this like-minded stuff in it. Uh, anything from awesome cars to give you inspiration to news that we, you know, news in the automotive industry and, and, and things of that nature. Um, thank you for listening this far. Unless you got anything else to say, we're out. We're out. We're out.